All the major news stories made simple and easy for your listening pleasure. We'll break it down for you in keywords. And for the segment, we're joined by Adam in the studio. Good morning. Happy hump day, Lena. A happy hump day indeed. Wow. Are you getting over the hump? <laughs> well, it's, it's so early. The, it's the start of the hump, yes, but I'm sure yeah, I'll get over it during the day. This is my biggest uh, <laughs> workload. It's yeah? very concentrated in the morning, so mm. it is my hump. And yeah. my hump looks good. So once you're done with this hump, yeah. the rest of the day is kind of... Of down, it, it downhill. feels easy. Downhill, that sounds good. Downhill. Well, down the hump. Down the, down the slope. The down the slope. Down the slope. Um, <laughs> it feels relatively easier is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah. Um, so as long, as long as I conquer this, I'm good. Yeah. The same with me as well. All my busy stuff is in the morning as well. Yeah, so I'm a bit more free in the afternoons. So, all right. Yeah. All right. If you, why does that sound like an invitation for our listeners? Hey, guys, we're free in the afternoon. <laughs> one lunch. <laughs> all right, guys. Uh, it's time for Keyword News. As always, we're going to try to clarify some of these major headlines for you. As always, we're going to start out at home with our local COVID-19 coverage. This is our first keyword of the day. Record cases. So Korea's daily coronavirus cases hit a record high of over 8,500 cases driven by the fast spread of the new dominant Omicron variant. But it's also a little bit faster than the estimation. I guess yeah. that's a concern, too. What's the latest? It certainly is faster than the estimation, uh, and it is showing in the numbers. Uh, yesterday's case caseload actually marked the first time the daily caseload has surpassed the 8,000 mark. Mm. The previous high was just shy of that 8,000 mark, and that was uh, recorded last December. Uh, Korea has seen the daily count uh, skyrocket over the past week, nearly doubling. Uh, However, the number of critically ill patients is on a downward trend and new deaths are also down slightly. So there is still the continued consensus Mm -hmm. that the variance is uh, less fatal. Right, right? that's right. Uh, So a lot of these cases are presumably uh, asymptomatic or mild symptoms uh, at worst. Now, some health experts believe daily cases could enter five digits uh, by the end of this week. We're also even hearing headlines are expecting Mm. to surpass 10,000 today, but we won't know um, until later in the day, but that's another estimation. It could be, but... uh, Right. Uh, by the end of this week, seems like a more realistic okay. kind of timeline. Uh, but of course, we'll have to see what the numbers are announced today. All right. uh, but health officials do predict that the daily infections could top 30,000 a day uh, next month. In that fact. sounds um, like a lot. And it's mm. also a concern because I'm also hearing from health experts that if we surpass the 50,000 a day mark, mm-hmm. that may also result in the medical system collapsing for mm. South Korea. So even if the variant is resulting in less severe symptoms, as mm-hmm. we've been hearing, it would be a concern for the medical system. Yeah, but there is right? a, a kind of a silver lining in that uh, the officials cautiously hope right. of achieving this, you know, so-called herd immunity right. once the Omicron outbreak peaks. Mm. And uh, of course, that is, of course, if Korea manages to weather the current wave. Mm. There's also new weaponry against the virus as well with mm. these uh, oral pills that have come in mm. uh, and some uh, biofarms and drug makers are developing Omicron-specific vaccines Mm. as well. Mm. So that could help in curbing the spread and not quite reaching that Mm. 50,000 mark. Mm. Uh, But of course, we'll have to see. Now, the KDCA will implement a new virus response system from today, in Mm. fact, to curb Omicron.
Omicron spread. All right. So let's uh, run our listeners through the details of that new system mm. that's driven by the Omicron spread. Yeah. So we mentioned a little bit about this uh, yesterday, sure. but just to repeat, it focuses on early detection and treatment for high risk groups mm. more than anything. Uh, PCR tests uh, at medical facilities, which have been offered for free to anyone, will be prioritized to the elderly. People who are epidemiologically linked to virus patients, those with a doctor's note citing the need for a test, and those who are subject to preemptive testing regularly, as well as anyone who has tested positive on a self-testing kit or rapid antigen test. Mm. Now, people who don't fall into those categories will be asked to use self-testing kits provided at the testing centre. Mm. People with symptoms will be advised to visit a designated medical facility, such as respiratory clinics, to receive treatment. Uh, the new system will first be tried in four regions, namely Gwangju, South China Province, Pyeongtaek and Antung, where Omicron cases have seen a rapid rise. Mm. Um, the expansion of the system nationwide will be done possibly around the end of this month or early next month. Also, the isolation period for confirmed patients will be seven days for fully vaccinated people and 10 days for the unvaccinated. In the meanwhile, it seems like Lunar New York, can't, uh, well, right mm. around the corner for us starting this weekend, yeah. is unofficially cancelled. Mm. That's the encouragement anyways. Yeah, right? unofficially is. But uh, mm. we've had that kind of uh, mm. warnings and pleas from the government before, but we've seen a lot of people still traveling during the holidays, <laughs> haven't we? Yeah. All right, we'll leave it. Uh, our COVID-19 coverage there for now as we move on to another pressing issue. Here's our second keyword of the day. Missile launches. Another one. Uh, mm. North Korea is said to have again launched missiles in what would be Pyongyang's fifth known round of missile launches this year already. Uh, mm. What do we know so far? Yeah, so North Korea seems to have test-fired at least two cruise missiles. South Korea's Joint Chiefs of Staff did not specify the missile's range or trajectory, but said it was conducting an analysis together with the U.S. authorities. <sighs> the North conducted the last known test of a cruise missile in September last year. Now, cruise missile launches are not banned under the UN sanctions. Uh, but tensions, of course, have been growing right. over the recent missile tests because they've come in short uh, succession. Uh, usually, Seoul's military does not really make any formal announcement or statement in response to the North's cruise missile tests. But paired with the other four, I guess it does raise a red flag? Right, that's because the cruise missiles, as I said, yeah. don't uh, aren't banned under UNSC sanctions, mm. but ballistic missiles are, uh, and which Seoul's military does quickly react to it and there's been a lot of that recently uh, within this year as well um, and the flurry of recent tests have sparked a US push for fresh UN sanctions mm. followed by heated reaction from mm -hmm, Pyongyang mm -hmm. so tensions again escalating between, uh, between the two but Washington of course again repeatedly saying that it's open to dialogue with uh, the regime. The Washington has it seems uh, kept its stance but mm. it seems what the North continuously is asking for is an alleviation of the standing UN sanctions and mm. slapping more. I'm not quite sure how inviting that is, but you right. can see the tug of war, why mm. it is difficult to get both sides, actually three sides in this case, yeah. to come together and sit down. It's the same story uh, right. over and over again. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a, we sound like broken records when we were discussing a little bit, because the nature of it, it is complicated. Uh, yeah. Tony Blinken has repeatedly said it's to get the U.S. intention, these tests in nature, um, uh, but North Korea has repeatedly said that, you know, it's to bolster their own military capabilities. Mm. So is there a middle ground there? We'll have to uh, yeah. it's tough, isn't it? wait it out, it mm. seems, once more. All right, we're going to move on to our third keyword of the day. 
Sanctions threat. Tensions between the U.S. and Russia are also escalating over concerns. Moscow could invade Ukraine. The latest headlines also mm. suggest that uh, on Tuesday, local time, uh, Russia announced a flurry of military drills in the mm-hmm. border of Ukraine. That causes another uh, alarm to go off. U.S. Mm. President Joe Biden is also threatening sanctions. Mm. Uh, what's the latest? Yeah, he's uh, considering personal sanctions on Russia's president, Vladimir, Vladimir Putin himself, if Russia does, in fact, invade Ukraine. Other Western leaders have repeated warnings that Russia would pay a heavy price, in their words, for mm. invasion. Mm. British Prime Minister Boris Johnson, for one, also urged European allies to have sanctions ready to go. So uh, that could be possibly sanctions not just from the US, but also from uh, Europe as well. NATO is also expressing a similar sentiment. Uh, Russia has accused the US and others of escalating tensions over Mm. the issue and denies it plans to enter Ukraine despite that uh, um, increase in military activity. Mm. Uh, But as you said, Moscow has built up troops at the border. There are drills going on. Mm. There's some 100,000 Russian soldiers deployed in the region. Um, Biden added that he would feel obliged to beef up NATO's presence in Eastern Europe as well, which could be very reminiscent of a kind of a Cold War scenario um, after World War II. But it repeated that there were no plans to send U.S. troops to Ukraine itself. But there are reports suggesting that they have um, deployed some U.S. troops near Mm. the area. Um, Meanwhile, Korea uh, has raised the travel alert level to 15 Ukrainian regions to level three. The foreign ministry is urging Koreans in Ukraine to go to a safe area or just completely leave the country. Um, The ministry is also thinking of expanding the travel alert to the whole of Ukraine, uh, depending on how the situation plays out there, geopolitically anyway. Mm. Uh, This is our actually first major coverage of what's happening in Ukraine. I Mm. think we'll keep closer tabs on keyword news going forward. Mm -hmm. Right on to our fourth keyword of the day. Search for the missing. The search for the missing people is continuing at the site of a collapsed apartment building under construction in Gwangju. Rescue mm-hmm. workers have a lead on one missing person. They, they found their his belongings, if I'm mm. not mistaken, right? Yeah, so rescue workers there are using search dogs, mm. uh, and these dogs have found personal items presumed to be from one of the five workers that are still missing under the rubble. Clothing and bloodstains were detected at a room on the 27th floor. Search and rescue operations have been going on for two weeks. Uh, However, unfortunately, officials say it will take more time to retrieve the missing from the heap of fallen debris. So it is quite hard to get in there to rescue or possibly find uh, bodies Mm -hmm. there. Uh, Dogs, therefore, will continue to be used for the search operation um, because, of course, they are more agile and more uh, nimble in these small areas. Mm. And, of course, with their sense of smell as well. Officials believe the missing people uh, haven't been able to survive. It's been two weeks. They've been stranded there under the rubble, so uh, it's not looking very good, unfortunately. Mm. Um, There has been one death that has been reported so far from that accident, but the number of course is expected uh, to go up all right and on to our fifth keyword of the day attending beijing olympics but who is attending the <laughs> beijing olympics seems to be a key diplomatic question mm. uh, sports minister Huang he will visit china next month to attend the opening ceremony of the beijing winter olympics we say next month but it's actually next week isn't it no. uh, <laughs> he will be leading the korea delegation tell us a little bit more a very last minute decision it seems uh, but of course uh, Korea was on the fence but it mm-hmm. has uh, decided to 
Fly Huang out to Beijing on February 3rd to attend the opening ceremony that's scheduled for the next day. Uh, this, the decision to send Huang comes amid growing calls by the US for a diplomatic boycott uh, of the Games. Korea has remained undecided over the delegation until the last minute. Seoul has been considering both its economic ties with Beijing and, of course, its much-needed security alliance with Washington, a position Korea always seems to be in when it comes to US-China tensions, stuck in the middle. Uh, the government said the decision was made based on South Korea's role as the host of the previous Winter Olympics. Mm. Seoul has also been expressing hopes that the Beijing Olympics will follow in the footsteps of the 2018 Pyeongchang Games, the 2020 Tokyo Summer Games in bringing peace to Northeast Asia and, of course, promoting advancement of inter-Korean relations as well. Mm. During his visit, Huang will not only support and encourage Korean athletes by watching their performances, but he'll also use the opportunity to engage in sports diplomacy to mm. increase support for the 2024 Kangwon Winter Youth Olympic Games. Mm. Now, separately from Huang's government delegation, the National Assembly Speaker Park Byung-suk will uh, also um, attend the opening ceremony. He's going at the invitation of Li Zhangshu, who is the chairman of the Chinese National People's Congress Standing Committee. Mm. And Park is also scheduled to attend a luncheon hosted by Chinese President Xi Jinping as well. So some diplomacy going on the sidelines. All right, and on to our last keyword of the day. Exemplary Korea. It almost sounds like a catchphrase <laughs> coined by yeah. the tourism ministry. <laughs> the IMF has praised Korea as an exemplary country that has tied it over the fallout of the pandemic, but it's also warning of downside risks. We still mm. face the Omicron variant and yeah. uncertainties attached to it, uh, the delicate balance between, as you've said, U.S.-China tensions, mm-hmm. and the list really does go on. So yeah. run us through what was said. Yeah, so those comments were made by Martin Kaufman, who is the Korean uh, mission chief at the IMF and that came during a video conference with Finance Minister Hong Nam-gi. He said Korea pulled off an economic recovery while seeking structural reform over the medium term and said it is a good example that the world should follow. Mm. Uh, The IMF said Korea has carried out expansionary fiscal policy in a timely manner and positively assessed the government's proposal to create another round of an extra budget uh, which is a 14 trillion one to support mm. pandemic hit merchants. Mm-hmm. Although there has been a lot of controversy and debate with that uh, domestically, though. Because it does bring to question fiscal soundness, mm. right? I mean, it's it's pretty early on in the year to yeah. be get, reallocating funds, essentially. That's right. And Kaufman uh, did uh, take note of that and yeah. re- recommended that Korea make efforts to strengthen its fiscal health amid concerns the extra budget would add to national debt. Mm. Uh, and predictions are pointing to that. And he also warned that the fast spread of the Omicron variant and global supply chain disruptions, which are still going on, are major downside risks for the Korean economy. Mm. Uh, And accordingly, actually, the IMF has slashed its economic growth outlook for Korea this year to 3% from 3.3% amid the fast spread of Omicron. But exemplary Korea, meaning that relatively perhaps we're faring slightly better. Relatively being the key word there. (laughs) Exactly, yes. (laughs) Thank you very much, Adam, for today's coverage. Mm -hmm. I'll see you tomorrow. See you tomorrow. If you're listening to our program using the podcast service, just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time. So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input. See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.